Blog Talk Radio. Dig it! Welcome to the Atomic Drop Show, live on Blog Talk Radio. Your number one source for wrestling news, interviews, and analysis. You better listen to this. This is the slasher, the slicer, the dicer, the ripper, the sweater, the love taker, the money maker, the honey shaker. <laughs> the rock superstar chaos. Sid Vicious. The hardcore homo angel. This is Jimmy Jacobs, and you're listening to the Atomic Drop Radio Show. You can be part of the show by calling in at area code 646 915 91 Checking it out is my ear is tuned in and my body feels the pains of the slams and the chops. I'm sitting here on the Atomic Drop Show, ready to kick some butt. Cheek your money here, Revenant on Atomic Drop Show. Tune in. And now, here are your hosts, Justin Todd and Kyle Cruz. You little punk-ass thieves. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special, spectacular show. I am your charming, colorful, and oh-so-freezing-right-now host, Justin Time, and alongside me all the way out in sunny California is my co-host, Kyle Cruz. Kyle, good evening to you. Good evening to you too, Justin, and you know what? Right here in L.A., specifically here, um, (laughs) it has been raining like crazy, you know, we actually had a nice weekend off where it didn't really rain a lot. But then all of a sudden, tonight, or earlier today, it just started, started raining. So you know what the ultimate remedy is? What is you the build ultimate? Build an arc. You build an arc. Okay, my name's not Noah. It's Kyle. I don't have well, a bunch of, like, ask. tools. Well, okay. I don't have a lot of, like, tools at my disposal to build an arc. But an even better but, solution wait, to wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Have you ever seen that movie called Evan Almighty? Uh, no, I only saw Bruce Almighty. Only See, Almighty. Evan Almighty has Steve Carell in it and Morgan Freeman. Well, and so did Bruce Morgan Almighty. Freeman pretty much just told Steve Carell, you're Noah, build an arc, and I'm going to give you all the tools to do it. So was the arc successful? The arc was very successful, believe that one or not. Okay. And it also has the hot mom from Gilmore Girls in there, too. You know, I've never really watched Gilmore Girls. See, I'm not that deep in, into, you know, watching uh, shows like that. Dude. See, I'm, I'm just in touch with my feminine side, that's all, which I'm not oh, afraid so, to admit. Uh, so you're probably a big fan of Twilight, aren't you? Uh, no. Don't lie, man. It's okay. You can admit it. But that's for another show that deals with a certain vampire. Little tease right there. We'll have more about that in the coming weeks. But the ultimate remedy for all of this disastrous winter weather, specifically the rain here in California, the ultimate remedy for that is a little sunny. Tammy Fitch will be calling into the show in about 15 minutes or so. Talk to us a little bit about her upcoming appearance at the Wrestle Reunion Convention this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, at the LAX Hilton, which I will be attending. She'll be on uh, quite possibly our biggest guest in our uh, year-and-a-half history, without a doubt. I know. I don't think she can compete with Blake Braxton, but she does rank up there. Uh, She definitely does give him a run for his money. That's right. And, folks, you can be a part of the show by calling in at area code 
615-915-9116. Once again, that number is area code 646-915-9116. You actually have a call on the line right now. Um, wow. but just how, how, how soon are we into the show? Uh, what, it's about four or five minutes in. You know. Damn, it's going to be a good show this week. Exactly, and and even more so, you know what, because the response has been so overwhelming about uh, Tammy Sitch coming on the show, we've actually expanded the show from our regular time slot of uh, 9 to 10 p.m. We're going to actually go a little overtime, which for football fans is always a good thing, especially after last Sunday. But we are going to go uh, 90 minutes tonight up until 10.30, taking your questions, taking your phone calls, and talking to the original diva, Tammy Sunny. Sitch. Now, we're going to take this first phone call coming from the 678 area code. Caller, you are now on the air with the Atomic Drop Show. Please state your name and where you are from. Oh, uh, Hey, guys. It's me, Dakaris Mormon. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Is hey, this, how's it going, Dakaris? Is this our <laughs> super fan? Is it the oh, actual yeah, super yes. fan? Mm-hmm. Yep, yes, it is. Yeah, I'm saying right here. Mm-hmm. How's it going, man? Now, okay, now for all of uh, the listeners out there who might be checking us out for the, for the very first time, uh, Dakaris has uh, listened to our show since uh, day one. Day one, the, pretty much the dark ages. Uh, but you know, he's stuck with us, and uh, it's great to see that he's finally, you know, calling in and joining the show with us, man. So, what you got for us tonight? Oh yeah, I just wanted to talk about um, Raw last night, and yeah, it, it was—I mean, to me, it was a pretty good Raw. I kind of wish Bret Hart was there, but but I can't. But next week, I'm like, I get my wish, and, and um, the matches um, I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed the Cena Sheamus match, pretty okay, and um, and what I didn't like was um, when my, my Alicia Fox losing to. Gail Kim, even though I like Gail Kim too, but yeah, but yeah, but I just can't wait for the Divas title match between Maurice and yeah Gail Kim, maybe next week on Raw because because you know at the Royal Rumble, which I'm very excited about since it's in my hometown of Atlanta. Cheap plug. Oh cheap, oh cheap plug. Cheap plug. Well, wait, well, cheap pop, as I could say, as McFoley would put it. So, so. Carson, I gotta ask you: Are you going to the Phillips Arena in Atlanta to uh, to check out the Royal Rumble, man? Oh no, oh, I wish, man, but no. But I'm, I'm gonna watch it um, at my nearest Hooters and stuff. Cause yeah, if I had to spend that money on last month's house show that I went to, then I probably I probably would have gone to the Phillips Arena. But one of my friends is um, Kevin, yeah, a friend of mine. He's going to the Royal Rumble show Sunday. Well, um, please. In- Encourage him, you know, once he gets back or, or next Tuesday night, and please ask him to call in because I want to hear an in-arena fan's perspective because I, how, I know how, that. How? Why don't we just have, like, a Royal Rumble hangover party? A Royal <laughs> Rumble hangover party. You know what? I think we've, we've actually had a uh, – We had the WrestleMania hangover party, which was balling. Then we also had yeah. your SummerSlam hangover party. Yes, we did. So why not? I, we skipped our Survivor Series because that was during our <clears throat> our dark time. And now, New Year, new start for the Big Four. Why don't we just have a Royal Rumble hangover party? 
I, I like that idea. We can have, okay, a Royal Rumble hangover party, myself, Justin, Cars, and your friend, his name is Kevin, right? Mm, yeah. Okay, well, no, I definitely meant encourage him to, you know, to call in and, uh, you know, so we could talk about the Rumble and, you know, for all of our other listeners as well, definitely. If you're there at the show or you watched it live or watched it on YouTube, wherever, go ahead and call us in next week. Hell, call us in tonight. Once again, our number is 646-915-9116. Now, the cars, I got to ask you, man. I got to ask. Uh, what did you think about the guest host, Dulé Hill? Oh, Dulé Hill? Um, I thought he was pretty funny. He was okay, but I, I kind of wish his um, – James, his sidekick in crime was there. That would have made it even better. But, you know, they said he was at the hospital for an emergency. So, other than that, he was pretty okay. It was better than um, John, I mean, Don Johnson and um, John Heater last week. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You didn't enjoy that show last week? Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. I I did enjoy the show last week, but I just didn't. I don't think he enjoyed special guest hosts. I, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the host too much. Other than that, it was a good. Sh- it was our. It was a good show. So, so the Royal Rumble is coming up this Sunday night. What match are you looking forward to besides the Rumble? Because of course, you know the Rumble is the the main event, and that's what everybody wants to see. Are you intrigued at all by either match between the Undertaker and Rey Mysterio, or uh, Randy Orton versus Sheamus? Oh, I, I'm intrigued with the Taker and um, Mysterio match because I'm like, this is this is like new to me. It's like, it, like, cause my friend Kevin pretty much had a good point of, about those two matches. Like with Raw, it's like the the top two heels at the moment, and with SmackDown, it's like the two top baby faces and stuff going going against each other. So, do you think you know from Sunday night that maybe there could be planning of, of a seeds either way of either the Undertaker or Rey Mysterio turning heel or maybe Randy Orton or Sheamus probably Orton out of the two turning face later down the line? Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I don't I, I've, yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, I really, I really have no clue what's going to happen because I'm, I'm just waiting for the Romans to see what's going to Take place right now. I'm just, I'm just like, man, I really don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And here is a question that I've wanted, uh, or that I want to throw out tonight for all of our callers, uh, and I will pose it directly to you first. Who do you think just go out on a limb right, right now? I believe now it's what 24, 26 spots remaining or uh, filled up, I should say, in the Royal Rumble. Who do you think? Is going to win the Royal Rumble this Sunday night. Oh, personally, man, I, I've been saying this from from day one. I'm, I'm going with my heart on this one. I really want Kofi Kingston to win. I really want him to to, to shock the world. Justin, what do you think about Kofi Kingston potentially winning the Royal Rumble? Uh, it would be a shakeup. That's without doubt. I mean, Kofi Kingston has been slowly getting over, but I, I, I could see him actually, personally, throwing him into uh, Money in the Bank and winning Money in the Bank, mm-hmm. and having him run around with that title all summer long, or the 
suitcase, I should say, all summer long and see them cash in, maybe like around late September. That's just yeah, I see. No, I see. That's exactly where I'm at. I mean, I, I, I really do think that Kofi Kingston is a money is a money in the bank type guy. He hasn't been elevated quite yet, and I really do think that if he wins the Royal Rumble, that fans would just they would reject him because that is way too much of a push. It's basically like when CM Punk was at the top of his game on ECW. You know, he was put in the Rumble match, I believe, and uh, you know. I can assure you that if he would have won the Royal Rumble, then fans wouldn't have taken to him uh, as they did. You know, instead, if they kind of keep the leash on him, wait until WrestleMania, win the money in the bank, carry around that, uh, carry, carry on the briefcase, get some credibility, then I think that he will become eventually um, main event material in the fans' eyes. That's just how I see it, too. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, so, Descartes, man, uh, just one more thing before we got let you before we gotta let you go. Uh, did you have any questions for Sonny, man? Oh, questions for Sonny? Oh, um, I had I had this one question. Um, I I was gonna ask her ask her um, what 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 was her favorite wrestling m- moment out of her whole career? What what was her favorite outlook? All right. So her, her favorite moment out of her career, I mean, there definitely are many. I I believe she's been in the business for like 20 years, 20 years. So so that's a long time, and, and that is a lot of memories. Uh, she started when God, she had to be young because she can't she be. She was, I want to say at least she was at least 21. I know that she was perhaps one of the youngest divas for her time before Kelly Kelly showed up. Yes. Because, I mean, she, she she's pretty young now, and if she's had a 20-year career already, then, man, God, she's been at it a long time, but she's still incredibly young. Can you imagine doing long. this show for 20-plus years already? Uh, I can't even be, like, I can't even imagine me being your friend for that long. I know. So, you know. So, Dakars, I actually have one question for you. Believe that's one or not. What is perhaps your favorite hard sell that we have done? Oh, that that you guys have ever done? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, okay. Um, my my favorite hard sell that that you guys have ever done was um. I think I like the um SummerSlam you guys did back in two thousand eight. SummerSlam, okay. Hmm. Huh. No, I mean that. That's that's great. Now we actually tossed out a question last week, asking whether we should keep doing the hard sell. Now, granted, it's, it's Tuesday night. Now I'm not sure if we can crank one out by Sunday. But um, do you think that we should continue continue to do those hard sells? Yeah, I think you guys should, because that way we'll get more of the fans like myself hyped for the event, so that way they'll know what matches to look for towards towards the event. So, yeah. Well, my right. question is, how how did you actually discover our show? Actually, that's the, that's the second question oh. I was asking. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I discovered the show by YouTube, and then 
after watching your hard sales on YouTube and stuff, then I and I found out you were on iTunes, and I'm like, I was like, oh, cool, and then I just started downloading onto my iPod and then started listening to you guys, and that's and that's how I became a fan of you guys ever since. Well, I, just I, on behalf of Kyle, I just want to say thank you very much, too. I mean, you have actually stuck by us through thick and thin for some ungodly reason, and for that, we are so incredibly indebted to your loyalty and service to us. Oh, no. you're welcome. I, I feel honored. <laughs> well, no, no I th- thank you, you know, for listening to our show, and we really do uh, appreciate that. For um, you, who pro- probably is our most uh, outspoken fan, as well as some of the um, the quiet ones as well, we want to thank all of you, but you especially, the cards, for uh, sticking w- with us and being so so uh, so vocal about us, man. Thanks, man. We uh, actually have to move on to the next segment, but. Be sure to call back um, next week and stay listening to the show, all right? Oh, all right, man. I'll, I'll call back next week. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. All right holla. Bye. <laughs> Super wow. fan of the Atomic Drop show. Dakaris was joining us there. Uh, he's been a long-time fan. Um you know, he was a fan before we were even fans of the show. <laughs> that actually probably is a shoot. Um, yeah, really. Um, no, but big props to him, and ho- hopefully he will continue to call back. And you can actually be a part of the show, too. The number is area code 646-915-9116. Once again, the area code is 646-915-9116. Tammy Sunny Sitch will be online in just a couple of minutes. He's scheduled to, to join us um, 20 minutes past the hour. Um, so we'll see when she calls in. But the Royal Rumble is coming up this Sunday night in Raw last night. I thought it was a good show. But just based on Raw, did last night's Raw deliver up, pun intended, enough of a hard sell in order to convince you to buy the show this Sunday? Nah. Ladies and gentlemen, it, this intricate, amazing uh, um, analysis by Mr. Justin Time. It's 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 hard to say, man. I mean, I I and okay, I am like one of the fans that is. I love I love the Royal Rumble. All right, I'll come out and say it. I believe like Royal Rumble is perhaps one of my favorite pay-per-views. Like, I dare say some years it is, after I watch WrestleMania, I will go back and say Re- or, uh, Royal Rumble is better than WrestleMania. I mean, this year they just haven't hyped jack shit at all. I'm sorry, it's the truth. When you just have, how many freaking, they haven't even done any, well, they've done one promo with Sheamus and uh, Orton, okay? Yes. And they're expecting that one little itty-bitty promo will put asses in their seats, well, they're t- trying to hype up this Undertaker Shawn Michaels thing that may or may not happen. It's like, well, see, where are your priorities? See, here's the thing, though, and I understand it's from a business perspective. They already know that they can get away with with some intriguing, not so conventional mat- matchups with, quite frankly, substandard hype because they know that what sells the show is an hour-long 
Royal Rumble match. They know that that has enough of a name. People are so behind that concept that people are going to buy the show based off of the fact that, hey, it's 30 guys in one ring at the same time duking it out for a shot at a world title at WrestleMania. So that's why the, the lineup isn't particularly – it's not particularly strong Star and the building studded. hasn't been strong as well. Sorry? Star-studded. Yes. Well, we're, we're going to make our predictions and go down the card uh, a little bit later on in, in the show. But here is the rundown. We have five matches announced on the card. We have Michelle McCool can we, can, versus can we do Can we do this like Vince McMahon would? I don't have a list of the uh, of the Royal Rumble competitive. Wait, actually, yes, I do. Sure. Ooh. Well, if you lead us off first here, uh, Vince. Do you want me to just name name off all of, of, of the Rumble match participants? Is really yeah, why not? I'm gonna do that. Oh, God, dude, I gotta save my voice, man. I can't. All right, I'll try. And if I can't keep it up, then please don't blame me. This makes for good radio. What would you say? This makes for good radio right here. You will see about that. Cody Rhodes. Ted DiBiase. No, I I can't. No, 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 no. Can't do it. Nice try. Just just read them off in standard Kyle Cruz voice. Which some say is even better than Mr. McMahon's voice. That's what some say. Bottom line is. We have Cody Rose, Ted DiBiase, Mark Henry, Evan Bourne, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, John Cena, Jack Swagger, Santino Morella, Montel Montavious Porter, The Miz, Shawn Michaels, The Big Show, Triple H, Carlito, Kofi Kingston, Shelton Benjamin, Yoshitatsu, William Regal, Zack Ryder, The Hurricane, Batista, The Great Kali, and Kane. Those are the 24 participants named in the... Uh, or those that have qualified for the Royal Rumble, and we're going to break down that, that card in just a little bit. Um, we actually have a caller on, online right now. Um, caller, you are now on the air with the Atomic Drop Show. I'm not just any caller, guys. Come on. Oh, boy. Right, oh, boy. Right now, I, you know what? I, I am so sorry. Right now we are speaking with – oh, my God. Um I, what ha- Spit what, it out. Um, you can do it. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. You know what? I, I'm so overcome with, with, with excitement right now. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have <laughs> the original diva, quite simply, the original diva on the line with us right, right now. You've seen her everywhere. She's been everywhere. She is no doubt our biggest guest in our history. Tammy, Sunny, Sitch. Tammy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? I'm doing great. I'm doing, doing great. Doing all right. Now, doing all right. Now, it's funny because, you know, I, I live out here in Los Angeles, and, you know, we've had nonstop rain all day, so I'm definitely glad that, you know, we get a little taste of sunny here tonight. <laughs> Bring a little sunshine to L.A., right? <laughs> exactly. And we need it. For, I mean, whoever thought that L.A. would actually need a dose of sunshine for once. <laughs> so what's going on, guys? Tell me what's up with you tonight. Nothing oh. much in- well, we've just been here contemplating, and hopefully you can actually bring some uh, rays of sunshine over to us, and uh, just hopefully want to know how you're doing on a personal level as of right now. I'm doing fantastic. I couldn't be happier, and uh, I'm really looking forward to coming out to L.A. this weekend. It's one of my favorite cities in the entire world, and I don't get there enough. 
So hopefully I'll have a little bit of time to go visit some friends, but uh, I think I might be a little bit too busy at the convention with all the fans. Yeah, myself included, because I will be there um, on both Friday and Saturday. Uh, so hopefully we will get the chance to meet in person. I cannot wait to meet you in person. Son. So let me know exactly what you look like so I can avoid my stalkers. Um, well, <laughs> I'm actually, kidding. If, yeah, well, no, I mean, it, trust me, if I described what I look like to you, you probably would want to avoid me. Basically, <laughs> ba basically, um, I'm like Urkel. I look like Urkel. Um, you look like Urkel? Yes, yes. Oh, my God, that, I love it. <laughs> See, what, you don't know? I've got the biggest crush on Urkel. I think he's so hot, so I'm probably not going to be able to resist you either. Oh, boy. I'm wait. kidding. <laughs> don't get no, too no, 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 See, wait, wait, see, now, okay, we actually have that on tape, so, um, so any time that I need to prove this, then I will just, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, oh, Justin, man, you want to get this thing started, bro? All right. Well, Obviously, we all know very much about your well story career in professional wrestling. And, mm -hmm. well, to start it off first, we were wondering, what got you involved into wrestling? I mean, what is there any kind of match or anything that drew you to the Star Star Spectacular that is wrestling? Uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny because most people who are in this business, you know, uh, chose to be in it, went to a school, learned what, you know, tr tried real hard, you know, and paid their dues, this, that, and the other. i, I got to be honest. I was a pre-med student that was going to be a plastic surgeon, and the whole business just fell into my lap. So <laughs> I wasn't one of those people who, you know, worked for years and years on indie shows, you know, just trying to get a break because uh, that's, it, that's not what happened to me. I just got very lucky. Um, like I said, I was in college, and, um, you know, Chris Candido and I were dating since high school. And um, when he was getting a job down with smoking that wrestling in Tennessee, I figured, all right, well, I'll move to Tennessee too, you know, so we don't have the long-distance relationship, and I'll just transfer schools. So I transferred to the University of Tennessee, continued my biology, you know, courses there and my pre-med. And uh, like I said, I was going to be a plastic surgeon. I was all ready to, you know, go on to med school, you know, have a normal life, be a doctor. And um, one night we were down in Tennessee, and Jim Cornette wanted to take us out to dinner. And he said to me, he looked at me, like, yeah, I need a girl. I need a girl to play this part. And I'm like, uh, I'm like dude, I'm in school. I, this isn't my thing. This is his thing. You know, I'm not even interested. I'm just here for the ride. And he's like, no, just listen to me. Listen to me. So Cornette, in all his infinite wisdom, explains to me how he needs a girl to be a heel, uh, to play a northern bitchy college student type of, you know, um, character that idolizes Hillary Clinton, has the strong feminist qualities. I said, well, I'm from the North. I do go to college, and I can be a bitch, so I fit the part. <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, well, it'll, he, he goes, you only have to take six months off of school. I said, no, wait a minute. I'm not taking time off of school to do this ridiculous stuff, you know, with you guys. I said, I said I'll do it on the weekends, but I'm, it's going to have to work around my school schedule. There's no way I'm giving up pre-med to, you know, make 50 bucks a night on the weekend. So he's like, okay. You know, uh, he's like, it'll only be a six-month angle. That's it. And then you can focus on school. You know, that's all I want to do. I said, all right, you know what? Might as well do it. It'll give me a reason to make some money on the weekend so I'm not just, you know, sucking my dad dry of all of his, you know, funds that he had put away for me for college. I'll make a couple of bucks, you know, on the weekends, go to school during the week. Well, the six-month mark came and went, and it lasted two and a half years. Um, he was just so happy with the job I was doing. I fell into place like it, it, was, it was second nature to me what I was doing. And uh, like I said, two and a half years came and went. And then one day, out of the blue, 
I got a phone call at my home apart my uh, home phone number in my apartment, and I picked up the phone like Tammy. I'm like, yeah, he's, this is Bruce Pritchard. I said, oh, I I knew who he was because I was well schooled in this business. I was taught you know everything there is to know about Cornette and by Chris. And Bruce Pritchard says to me, uh, we'd like you to come up for an audition. I said, okay, great, but for what? <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. And he's like, oh, he's like, no, don't worry about it. We're going to send you a plane ticket, fly it up, and we want you to audition. I'm like, oh, okay, what the hell? You know, I still, I still, I'm in, I'm in college. I'm doing my homework in the locker rooms on the weekends. You know, I'm just, that was my focus. So I fly up to Stanford, Connecticut on December 7th, 1993. This is my birthday, okay, mind you. On my birthday, I fly to Stanford, Connecticut. They put me in the studio. They put me in front of a camera, and they said, okay, read from a teleprompter. I said, well, first of all, what's a teleprompter? And secondly, why am I doing this? I said, don't you know I'm a manager at ringside? This, you know, I'm a heel. This is what I do. I really have no idea why I'm here or why I'm doing this. Just, just do it. So I'm standing there. I would think I was 20. No, I just, yeah, that night, that day I was turning 21. Um, I'm standing in front of a teleprompter. I'm reading this uh, this these lines they have up there that make absolutely no sense to me. I'm stumbling over words left and right, have no idea what I'm doing. And I, I seriously, it was the worst read probably anybody's ever done in that studio. So they say, thank you very much. They shake my hand. They bring me back to my hotel, and I have a flight out the next morning. Now, remember, this is on my birthday. So I call Chris down in Tennessee, and I break down in tears. I'm like, this is horrible. It's the worst birthday ever. I did the worst job. I, I bombed so bad, they're never going to look at me. I, I might as well just put it out of my mind. So I cried a mess. I was all upset. Flew back to Tennessee, went back to school, and smoked mountain wrestling as usual. Two weeks later, my phone rings. Tammy, it's Bruce Pritchard. I'm like, hey, Bruce, how you doing? He goes, um, can you start on Monday? Now, this was Friday that he called. And I'm like, first of all, Monday is in three days. Second of all, start doing what? What the hell are you talking about, right? I said, first of all, I sucked. I was so bad. I said, I still, and what, do you, what exactly do you want me to start at? Uh, he explained that uh, they wanted me to do the live event news. It was a broadcasting segment every two. Uh, it was a two-minute segment twice every show. I said, "Okay, great." They said, uh, "Just uh, go buy a bunch of you know business suits and bring the receipt. We'll just reimburse you for your expenses." I'm like, "All right, cool." I said, "Did you happen to know that I had a cast on my left arm right now?" He goes, "Oh no, we weren't aware of that." I said, "Yeah, I took a bad bump off the ring and uh, broke my hand." He's like, "That's all right. We'll work around it. We need you here Monday." So basically, I had two days to shop and pack, get myself ready, and get up to Stanford on Monday. They flew me up. <clears throat> Six months of doing that, and then all of a sudden, Sonny was born. So that's how it all fell into my lap. <laughs> Long story short. Yeah, I was never one of the pe- one of those people that had to you know work indie shows for eight years trying to get a break and you know sending out tapes to everybody because I I had didn't do none of it I didn't send a single tape to anyone I didn't try to contact the WWF to get a you know get an audition nothing like that Cornette found me and then they found me and that was the end of it so as soon as Vince hired me I quit school like I always promised myself I wouldn't do it was a semester before I was supposed to get my bachelor's degree and then go on to med school and went on the road. So that is how Sunny began. Interesting, huh? Very. 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 <laughs> wow. All right. So you were doing this role, you know, doing the live event se- segment. Um, right. It, explain the transition between doing that, being kind of a host type to, you know, to actually become a full-fledged manager um, in the WWF at the time. 
Well, I was, like I said, I was doing uh, the live event news for about six months, but I was still working Smoky Mountain at the same time. So I was up there taping Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in the studios in Stanford, flying home on Thursday morning and doing house shows for Smoky Mountain on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, hopping back on a plane Monday morning, going straight to the studio. So I was working seven days a week. Not a bad paycheck for a 21-year-old girl, let me tell you that. Vince was paying me 500 a day, so that was $1,500 a week, plus I was getting $75 a night from Cornette, so that's $300 a week in from Cornette. So I was making $1,800 a week as a 21-year-old girl. Not bad. Right? <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was doing that for a while. I was perfectly happy. I was getting a little burned out because I was just working seven days a week, not a single day off. But, um, you know, then uh, Chris finally got hired by, by Vince, and he brought us into a meeting at the same time and said, okay, this is when I'm going to pull you out of live event news, put you back on the road managing. I was like, oh, thank God. And uh, that's when he, you know, came to us with, you know, the names. And that's how the Body Donna started and Skip and Sonny were born. So then I went on the road. So that was the transition. It was just all timing. I mean, you you brought so much to the table, you know, being a, a manager of that tag team. It kind of explain, you know, what was so new, what was so radically different uh, that we didn't see before that you suddenly brought to, to the table right then when you uh, started managing the Body Donnas? Um, well, if you think about it, all the other girls that came before me um, were either wrestlers or strictly valet, like Alundra Blaze was a wrestler, Sherry Martell was a wrestler. Yeah, she was a manager, but she was more that wrestler role. She was out there to take bumps. She wasn't really you know, as much a manager as she was a wrestler. And then Liz was fantastic at what she did, but if you think about it, she was just a valet. She just stood there at ringside. She wasn't allowed to talk. She wasn't allowed to do photo shoots. She wasn't allowed to do much at all. Um, I came along, and here was this girl walking out there being a complete bitch that, you know, everybody wanted to hate. The guys wanted, and the girls, girls wanted to hate, and something worked. And um, it just clicked, and, you know, it evolved over time, and it just it took off from there. So uh, I like to call myself the original diva. I did coin that term for myself. I named it, you know, I named myself that, and it just seemed to catch on. And actually, I'm in the middle of copywriting it right now, so nobody else better get the idea of using it, or else they'll get sued. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, it was the first time, you know, I was, it was a new thing. I, they really didn't see anything like me before in the WWF, and, uh, you know, new things, if they happen to work, then they take off and they make money. So I was making Vince money, and he was more than happy. <laughs> now, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, you're, you go by the original diva. I want to know, just point blank, I mean, you know, we, we've seen the WWE try to, to market their women as divas. What is your definition of diva and how it applies in the wrestling business? definition of a diva to me is an all-around complete female, a girl that can take bumps if needed or wrestle. I mean, yeah, I'm not the greatest wrestler in the world. I never said I was. It's not what I prefer to do. So, yeah, I suck at it, but I can do it if, if I have to. Um, somebody that can talk on a microphone, somebody that can do photo shoots, somebody that can be on a T-shirt and they can actually sell, um, somebody that can host a TV show. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of girls out there right now that probably can't do half of the things that I'm naming, and they're still called divas, but my, my definition of the diva is the all-around complete performer, somebody that can do a little bit of everything. And if you look back at everything I did over the 20 years of my career, I have done a little bit of everything. There hasn't been one thing that I haven't done. I've wrestled, I've managed, I've, talked, I've given incredible interviews on the microphone, not to pat myself on the back, but they used to hand me a mic, say, you got seven minutes, go. They wouldn't give me a script, nothing. They trusted me enough to go out there and talk on a live TV for seven minutes with just an idea in my head. 
Um, yeah, I did photo shoots. I was the first one to do a photo shoot. I was the first one to have a T-shirt. Um, so that's that's really how I define the divas: the all-around complete female. Well, you can do all all, all that, and you certainly did, or still do, uh, throughout your career. Now, you know, you of course excelled as a manager, and, and that's definitely something that is a lost art in the business. Um, kind of explain how much of an important role that managers play um, in the development of a wrestling character. Now, let me tell you, that's the one thing I have always say to everybody. That's the one thing that WWE TV is missing right now is a managerial role because it is so crucial. I mean, a manager, manager has two main uh, functions. One, to do all the talking for the wrestler when the wrestler can't speak in a microphone. And two, you help those wrestlers and the referee get through the psychology of a match. A manager is crucial out there. Not anybody can go out there and be a good manager. I mean, you can pick any girl at ringside, and if you call her a manager, I'll slap you. She's a valet. It's a, there's a huge difference. I like to keep myself in the same category as the Jim Cornettes, the Bobby Heenans, not the Miss Elizabeths, because I am functional out there. I mean, Cornette taught me everything there is to know about being a manager. He taught me that the wrestlers have a relationship in the ring and the referee and manager have a relationship in the ring. And if you pay attention to the good refs, like, uh, let's say, the Hebners, let's say, um, you know, Hildebrand when he was around, um, they're always messing with that manager out there because they're having, they're talking about timing. They're helping the guys time out a match. They're just doing their distractions so you know the guys can do whatever they need to do. Having a manager out there is crucial. I think. I mean, I, every match should have one. I think matches go so much smoother and they flow better, and it adds to the match if there is somebody at ringside. Um, and like I said, they're the they're the mouthpiece for that wrestler that can't cut an interview. And promos are so important, especially in the you know the days of wrestling with television that uh, you need to be able to go out and give a good interview to get your angles across. And I'm too serious. 90% of the guys on TV cannot do it. And they they need people like managers. They need the Jim Cornettes. They need, you know, the Bobby Heenans. They need the Jimmy Hart's. And, you know, they need people like me. And it's, it's sad that it, it is a lost art. But I've always said, you know, what goes around comes around and things always repeat themselves. And, you know, it was huge in the 80s and 90s, disappeared in the 2000s. I'm sure it'll come back in the next decade or so because people are going to realize that it's really missing on those TVs. All right. Well, I'm going to be uh, personal right now. And uh, you are actually the reason why I started watching uh, the WWE, but not for the obvious reasons. But <laughs> uh, I remember it distinctly. It was me and my father. We were, uh, uh, it was a rainy Saturday night. We were watching, I believe it was like Superstars. And it was obviously when uh, you and the Godwins were running around. And it was the night where you, actually you got slopped. Yes. Yes. That was and so you, much fun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, I mean, back then when I was just a wee little tot, I was like, I was curious. And I was like, what is this crazy business? And why is she getting dumped on her? <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, can you explain the idea of whose idea was to have you get slopped? And I mean, well, it only made sense, you know, with the way you know that the Sonny character was treating Phineas Godwin. It was only it would only make sense, you know, to slot me eventually down the road. And uh, let me tell you, I had a blast. People, even the guys in the locker room, would say, you know, why are you agreeing to do this so much? Because I seriously did it on the road every single night for three months. I got slopped. 
And some of the guys are like, it's disgusting. Why, you know, I would just do it on TVs. I wouldn't do it in the house shows. I'm like, guys, I said, seriously, it's the biggest pop of the night. So I'm getting the biggest pop in the arena. I said, secondly, look at, it got me a magazine cover. Look at all the TV time it got me because they kept replaying it and replaying it and replaying it. I said, I don't care how gross it is. Look at all the publicity it's getting me. I said, it's doing nothing but good. <laughs> you know, how could I not want it? And uh, it was actually a lot of fun. I mean, I, I made the slop every day, so I knew what was in it, so I didn't have to worry about it. Cause I, used to, I used to hear stories about what these guys used to put in the slop, so I made sure I made it, and I kept it in my locker room. Um, and basically, I went to catering, used leftover salad and, you know, some water, mixed it up, some bread, and that was, that was pretty much it. But uh, it was fun, because if you think about it, I was a huge heel at the time, and the fans hated me. Well, with a bucket of slop on my head and all around me on the floor, don't you think I grabbed handfuls and pegged people in the audience with it? True. I mean, it was it was my payback, you know? So it, it was so much fun, you know? I have all these women out there calling me whore, slut, bitch. So what did I do? I gave them a face full of slop. <laughs> it was a blast. It was seriously so much fun. And if you know anything about me, I'm the biggest tomboy on the face of the earth. I'm not a girly girl whatsoever, so getting dirty does not bother me one bit. I was like the little girl who used to play in the mud puddles with the boys growing up, you know? So a little bit of slop didn't bother me, but it was really a lot of fun. I loved it. It was probably one of the highlights of my career. You oh, mentioned. Oh, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I was gonna say, you know, you mentioned how it it was back then and how fun it is. Just, you know, once again, that seems to be something else that's missing. How how fun it is, and right. you know how it's how how it's not really. For the most part, it's not as entertaining as it used to be. So what, in your eyes, is just the main difference between the product back then and the product now, just overall, WWE, TNA, just oh, everything? Oh, my God. You know, I can't really tell you because I don't watch wrestling right now. I, I haven't watched it in a long time, so I can't even tell you what's going on on the shows or anything like that. Um, so if you ask me about a storyline, don't because I don't know anything about it. But, um, I, I mean, I, I know the difference that from when I was in the locker room through the, throughout the 90s, we used to be almost like a family on the road. We used to have fun. We would rib each other. We, we were always laughing and smiling and having a good time. Even when back then we'd go do some little tent show in Rhode Island and draw 50 people, still we had a good time doing it. Now I went to, you know, Monday Night Raw and WrestleMania, and these people back there, and I'm not going to name any names, but they're just friggin' miserable. I mean, they are absolutely miserable. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting there saying, you guys are making so much more money than we did back in the day because the, the business just has so much more money now than it did back then. Your schedule on the road is so much lighter compared to what we used to do. Like now I think they do, uh, what is it, four days on, three days off, or three days on, four days off every week, something like that. When I was there, we would go on the road for three months and then be sent home for four days, enough time to unpack, do your laundry, repack, go back out on the road for two months, home for three days, back out on the road for a month and a half, home for four days. That's exactly what we did. We were never home. We never had breaks. And they wouldn't fly us home if we had a day off. They would leave us in Pittsburgh or Omaha, Nebraska, or whatever town we were, and we had to try to amuse ourselves. So our schedules were hideous compared to what they do now. And these people are just miserable. They're making this ridiculous amount of cash, and they're working so little, and they're just miserable human beings in the locker room. And I was sitting there saying to myself, you know what, they don't know how lucky they were. I would say 95% of the people that are employed there right now would not have lasted in the 90s when I was there. Absolutely not. Um, just because it, it was such so much different. But never, you know, nonetheless, we, were, we had such a harder schedule. We were making a lot less money than they're doing now, but we had fun. 
You know, and like I said, we were a family. So the days off when we were stranded in Omaha, Nebraska, we would get together as like a whole crew and go to the movies. You know what I mean? Because we actually liked each other back then. Now there's so many people that don't like each other and the girls are all catty or, you know, towards each other and whatever. But I don't know. It's just I think if you're not having fun doing it, it's not going to show on TV. And I think that's maybe half the reason that it's just not not coming across as, you know, fun anymore. I don't know. <laughs> well... My uh, second question is, uh, which will lead into my third, but uh, I remember also when I was a wee tot that uh, it was uh, the Shawn Michaels wee birthday. Wee tot, come on, it, don't make me feel that old. I'm only I know, I know. I was trying to say something <laughs> nicer than that. I mean, it's the first thing that came to my mind. But when I was a young boy or medium-sized boy, whichever you prefer, mm-hmm. I, uh, I remember watching Raw and then the whole Shawn Michaels cake incident happened. Uh-huh. And, uh, I want to know whose idea backstage was it for you to get hit with that cake? Uh, I think it was mine. Really? Yeah, they told me I was going to go present the cake and do this out there, and I think I said, ooh, I want the cake in my face. And Vince was like, really? I said, yeah, come on, you know me. I'm, I do anything. And he's like, okay. So, yeah, that's how we ended up doing the cake in the face. And Oh, that was, that was fun, too. <laughs> Not only did I have my face licked by Shawn Michaels, but, you know, I got to throw cake in the crowd again. <laughs> it was great. I had a really good time doing that. I, I like the messy stuff. I like getting humiliated on TV and, you know, as a heel, because that's your job. You know, you're supposed to take the heat. Wait, well, then I remember the night after you brought out, uh, well, who was, it was uh, Farouk Assad back then. Uh-huh. And can you elaborate on your relationship with Farouk and how uh, how much of a, uh, being a manager to him impacted his <laughs> career in WWE? Well, you know what, that really didn't make much sense to me. Um, I did the best I could with it, but it just wasn't going to, you know, get over to a certain point. What they originally wanted to do, they wanted us to act like a couple, like, you know, a sexually active couple. And I, okay, I'm not a racist person whatsoever, but I was raised by a, a Russian father and a German-Polish mother that there's, you know, inter, interracial relationships aren't the thing to do. So I was just like, you know what, I just, it's not my thing. I don't feel comfortable doing that. So they were like, all right, you know, back because they, they never pushed me to do anything. I mean, now it's like you do this or you lose your job. Back then they were, you know, easier to work with you. And I said, I, I'm just not comfortable portraying that we're a couple, you know, on camera and this, that, and the other. And if, if, I said, my family's going to be watching it. They're not going to be comfortable with it. I said, they, you know, they, my, my family was smart to everything, but they still weren't smart. They, you know, they still thought, you know, I was a bitch on TV, and they were asking me, why were you so mean? I'm like, Mom, you know, <laughs> it's a work. <laughs> you know, she didn't quite get it. But, um, you know, they wanted me to do that, and, it, you know, we kind of changed the plans on that. And it only got over to a certain extent. There wasn't, there wasn't too much more we could make, you know, the fans believe. So uh, eventually it just kind of fizzled out, which was actually better in a way. Now you mentioned you, you mentioned Shawn Michaels. Um, of course, I have to mention this. Uh, Shawn Michaels stood in the center of the ring just a couple of weeks ago with with Bret Hart. Uh, two two men that um, it's documented that, that you were really really close close with. Can you um, can you just tell us kind of elaborate on? Uh, what your relationship was with those two and what you thought of, of uh, Bret Hart's re- return um, on camera and um, just the, uh, the at least on-screen, reconciliation between those two on Monday Night Raw just a couple weeks ago. 
Well, yeah, I yeah, see, like I said, I don't watch wrestling, but I did happen to flip the channels, and I left that on for a few minutes just to see, you know, what was actually happening because I heard Brett was going back. Um, as far as that, what they did on TV, I believe a lot of it was forced just because I knew I know them both so well that back in the day they hated each other so much that I can't possibly see them, you know, being as friendly as they were. Um, they probably kept their distance the entire day until they got in the ring. Um, I was very close with both of them. No, I never had an affair with Bret Hart. That's a big rumor. Um, that was always a rumor, and I'll tell you how that rumor started. Brett, if anybody knows Brett personally, he really is the lone wolf. He doesn't like to be around the boys. He likes to be by, be by himself. And uh, when we were on the road, most of the time I was the only girl on the road. So, I, of course, I would have my own locker room. Well, since he couldn't stand the guys, he would just, you know, go drop off his bags in my room because he'd have privacy. So, basically, Brett Hart and Sonny shared a locker room when all the guys were in the other locker room. Of course, people are going to say things, oh, Brett's in Sonny's room all the time. He must be screwing on the road. No. Every time he was changing, I would leave. When I would change, he would leave. He just liked his privacy, and he had it in that locker room because there were no guys around. So, of course, the rumor started because of that. Um... Sean is a different story. Uh, I mean, I've already made it public on other interviews I've done that we were together for about nine months on the road. And um, it wasn't just, oh, two people hooking up while they're on the road. We actually kind of had a relationship. We went to Jamaica together. We, you know, it was, it was kind of a developing thing. And when um, Sean and I started fizzling out, he all of a sudden got, he, he was, I mean, no matter what his image looks like on TV, he's a very jealous, insecure person. And he had it in his mind that I was doing something with Brett because Brett was sharing my locker room. So even when it fizzled out, he was still saying stuff and starting stuff with Brett because he assumed something was happening. So a lot of heat between them wasn't just professional. It had a lot of personal reasons, too. And I think I was in the middle of it, unfortunately. But, you know, things happen. And um, then he made the Sunny Days comment on live TV. And I wasn't even in the building when he did that. I found out the next day when I went back to TV. And, uh, you know, it escalated from there. But, yeah, I was probably a lot of the fuel to that fire <laughs> in that whole uh, mess between the two of them. But, you know, I hope, hopefully they have buried the hatchet because um, I'm the kind of person that forgives and forgets. I, I, I'm a very, I'm a very easy young person, and I never hold grudges. And hopefully they can do that too. Hopefully they can, you know, settle things between each other because life's too short to hate people. You know what I mean? Mm, very, very true. Now, do you talk uh, to either one of those gentlemen today? Oh, yeah. I talk to Brett every so often, and actually we were just in France together for three months, about a year and, I'm not three months, but three weeks, about a year and three months ago. We were on a tour out there, so I was hanging out with him every day, and we still talk, you know, by cell phone or email every so often. I actually just emailed him the other day. But uh, Sean, the first time I saw him since I left the company was when I went back for Raw in 07. December of 07. It was the first time I saw him or spoke to him in all that time. So, of course, I was nervous as hell. You know, you know. of course, when you know, if anybody ever runs into an old boyfriend or old girlfriend, you're nervous the first time you see them again because you don't know how, you know, if it's going to be tense or anything like that. But uh, he was great. He was awesome. I was on the catering line, and it was funny because my boyfriend's sitting right there at the table eating lunch, and I feel somebody walk up and back to me and tap me on the shoulder. I turn around, and it was him. I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this, is, this is the first, you know, confrontation since 1998. <laughs> so, uh 
he gave me a big hug, told me how great I looked. Um, you know, after that, he showed me pictures of his kids. He was great. He was it was completely different from what I expected. Uh, actually, I didn't even know what to expect, but uh, he was he was really great. And um, you know, he was really nice to my boyfriend, which you know, having Sean be nice to another man is an odd thing. <laughs> but uh, you maybe he's changed over the years, like he says. You know, because back back in the day, he would talk to his friends in the clique, and that was it. But uh, he was very, very nice to my boyfriend. He was awesome with me. So, you know, that was – it kind of, you know, made that day a lot easier. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, Brett and I, we still talk all the time. I still talk to Julie Hart, his ex-wife, because I was great friends with her, and I used to babysit his kids. And, you know, some, you know, some friendships don't go away. You know, that I'll be friends with Brett for a long, long time. You mentioned going back to uh... – to the WWE to work that raw. Uh, how were you perceived backstage by some uh, of the younger crop of divas? Because I know that you know you you when when you know you went on record and you've uh, kind of call, called out a couple of divas. I mean, how were you really received backstage when you got there? No, everybody was awesome. Um, I didn't know what to expect because I was told by people people like Don Marie was telling me, oh. The girls are miserable. The locker, the girl, you know, the vibe in the girls' locker room isn't like what it used to be. You're not going to like it. You're not like you're not going to like the girls. Nobody likes each other. So she was setting me up for you know to walk in and hate it. I walked in and this this bunch of girls that I never met before couldn't have been nicer. I mean, uh, some of them won me over immediately. Michelle McCool was a sweetheart. She she kept asking me if I needed a bottle of water. Lillian Garcia couldn't have been sweeter. Maria won me over. She was she was just phenomenal. Um, and then of course there's the girls that you know I knew like I, I knew Natty Neidhart since she was four years old. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Beth, Beth Phoenix was great. She told me how you know she got into the business because of me. And I mean they were they couldn't have been nicer. But back when I did Raw, they were. They were great. I mean, of course, when I did WrestleMania, it was another new crop of girls that were in there that I had to meet all over again. Some of the same, but some new ones. But um, but no, they they were re- they were really nice. But when I did when I did, did Raw, they won me over. When I did WrestleMania, not so much. <laughs> That's another story. Well, well, well. I mean, do you mind getting into that story? I mean, how how was the atmosphere different uh, from that Raw to that WrestleMania? It was just weird. In like in a year and a half time, uh, just all the girls were, I don't know, I don't know if they got in a huge brawl backstage one night and now they don't like each other, but it just seemed like at, at, down at Raw, everybody was friends. When I did WrestleMania, nobody spoke to each other. They all avoided each other. They all had their little nook and cranny of the locker room, did their own thing and left. Um, you know, all the girls that were still there that I met at Raw were fantastic when I saw them. Um, a couple of new ones that I never met before, um, were not so friendly. Maybe they're not smart enough to know who I was coming in the locker room. Maybe they were never taught. Maybe they're just, you know, bitchy. I don't know. But a couple of the newer girls that I did meet were very, very sweet. And a couple, a couple not so much. But I'm not going to name who because every time I name a female, a uh, god, I become like the witch of the internet. So I'm not going to name people. <laughs> so don't even ask me. <laughs> All right. Well, I one of my uh, stupid questions is. Uh, what was it like to become the 97 Karate Fighter champion? <laughs> Are you seriously asking me that question? Yeah, that's how far my memory goes back. <laughs> it was fantastic. The highlight of my life. How's that? <laughs> All right. Oh, so, so, so awesome. So, uh, you know, now you've been doing uh, some independent shots now. Uh, I, I have to ask you, Two-part question. One, how is the uh, the independent wrestling life being treating you now? 
you know, later on in your career as opposed to at the very beginning where, like like you said, you, you didn't have to go, go through hoops and go through all these different, you know, companies to get to the main stage. How is that uh, independent life suiting you now? And the second part of that question is when can we expect to see you once again on a national stage either with WWE or with TNA? Um, well, I'm, I'm probably honestly one of the busiest people on the independent scene. I work every weekend somewhere. And um, I'm, I don't have to scramble for work. Work comes in you know, through either Facebook, MySpace, or my uh, website, or through you know, past contacts that I know. They contact me directly. So I'm constantly getting work. And I actually have to turn down a lot because I get you know, a few different requests for the same weekend. But, um, so I don't have to worry about anything there. So it's not like I'm hustling like a, like a newbie in this business trying to find work. Um, it, you know, I'm very comfortable, you know, with what I'm doing. Monday through Friday, I play housewife. I'm a normal person. It's wonderful. I take care of my two babies, my two pit bulls. And, uh, you know, on the weekends, I go play. And I, I'm actually really, really enjoying life right now. Um, my boyfriend is a normal guy with a normal job. So it's not like I've got to be like, oh, God, if I don't have an independent show this weekend, how am I going to pay my mortgage? I don't have to worry about it. He's a cop. He makes a good living. You know, it's, so it's kind of nice to have a normal boyfriend and not some wrestler that, you know, you're always constantly working, you know, worried about getting work somewhere. So, you know, it, it's kind of it's nice to have a normal life once in a while. Like I said, I go play on the weekends. I turn on the sunny switch on a Friday night or Saturday night, and you turn the switch back off on Sunday when I get home. <laughs> but, um. You know, it's fine, and especially you know, in working the indies now, it's not like if you're starting out trying to work the indies, because now you can still command a price because you do have that exposure on TV and you, you know, or a name for yourself, and luckily I have both. So, you know, I, I get, you know, the price I ask, and people know I negotiate and I work with people's budgets. I'm not out to break anybody's bank. Uh, it's funny because there's a few of my friends, and I'm not going to mention names, so don't even ask me, that uh, have been off TV for a few years, a couple of the girls, and they're stuck on, I want this price, it's firm, I won't negotiate. Well, these are the girls that are sitting home every weekend begging me to help them get fine work. And I'm like, girls, I said, because like, a few of my friends are like, how do you work so much? How do you, how do you work every week? And I said, because I work with people. And I said, these girls, you know, I want X amount of dollars and that's it. Oh, we can't afford that? All right, too bad, bye. I said, would you rather stay home and make nothing or go work on the weekends for a little bit less than your regular asking price? I said, that's what I do and that's why I work so much, um, which is, you know, great. And a lot of the people, and that's why I make good relationships with a lot of people I work for because they realize I am easy to work with. I will work with their budgets. I'm not out to rob them blind. You know, I'm not worried about me, 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 and not how if their show's making any money or losing money. And I always get called back for future shows from the same people. But uh, so uh, the independent scene is very nice. And I do a lot of shows. I do signings. I do the extensions. And I actually work a lot in Europe. I'm actually going to Paris next weekend right after L.A. Nice. Yeah, Paris is going to be beautiful. All right. One of my final questions to you is, uh, you are obviously a two-time Slammy Award-winning diva. Mm -hmm. And my question to you is, uh, did you know ahead of time if you were going to become a Slammy Award-winning diva, or was it more of like a culture shock, or was it like the Oscars, or was it Vince, or one of the bookers' bosses? No, they tell you before the thing starts. They said, okay, you're winning these two. Make sure you have a little acceptance speech in mind. (laughs) That's pretty much it. It's it's not like, oh, my God, are they going to call my name? But but it was it was funny because they told me you know that year about uh, the best buns manager and I'm like okay great let me try to think of something cute to do up on stage. The following year you know we're all up for Miss Slammy 1997, and I've got to tell you Rena actually thought she won. 
she they told her at halftime and after she after we did the whole segment she was walking around like she just won Miss Slammy. The fans voted for her. And Terry and I looked at her and we're like, Bitch, don't you know what's a work yet? Come on. <laughs> but seriously, she actually believed that she beat our asses as Miss Slammy. And we're like, you know what, she's just pathetic. <laughs> she had no idea. But no, yeah, they let us know ahead of time. And I'm sure they still do it that way. Now, as we wind things down to a close, uh, you know, we always want to know what goes on backstage. And I just want to ask you, what was the best rib that you've ever seen uh, done on somebody or, uh, or or had done to you? Uh, Well, I have some really good ones, but I'm not going to tell them to you because I'm actually in the middle of writing a book. And if I give it all to you, nobody's going to buy my book. So my publisher actually okay. told me to, to limit what I talk about <laughs> in interviews. Um, okay. But but I'll tell you a funny one that was done to me. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you some Davy Boy and Owen ribs because they were hysterical and those are going in the book. Um, but something that was done to me that uh, I deserved it because I was new in the in the company when I just uh, started there. I was only on the road for a few months, and um, you know, of course, I had the utmost respect for everyone that's my senior in this business. I was taught old school: you respect your sen- you know seniority, and you know you do anything basically they tell you to do, you know, without question. So I'm walking down the locker room, Mr. Fuji pulls me aside, and he's like, can you do me a favor? I said, absolutely, Mr. Fuji, anything for you. He's like, I need you to braid Yoko's hair. I don't have time to do it. I said, okay, no problem. There's Yokozuna sitting in a chair with his hair all messy. He needs it braided for his match. So I'm braiding his hair. I smell something. I'm like, what the hell is that smell? And I'm looking around. I don't know where it's coming from. Finish braiding his hair. He goes out to the ring, and the seamstresses are there laughing at me. And I said, what? These girls, Julie and Terry, they're still there to this day. They said, smell your hands. I smelled my hands. Well, that was the smell that I smelled in the hallway. Yoko's hair stunk so bad because he could never lift his arms over his head and wash it. His hair smelled so bad that Mr. Fuji ribbed me into braiding his hair so my hands would stink. And let me tell you, my hands stunk for three days. Oh. And I'm not saying. So every time, every time for the next three days or next week it was, Mr. Fuji would walk by and giggle at me. Sonny, Sonny, smell your hands, Sonny. He was laughing his ass off. He thought it was the greatest thing that he did that to me. But, uh, but I, you know, I didn't complain. I said, all right, I, I took a good one. <laughs> you know, my hands stink. And believe me, it, that smell, the stench, could have made you throw up. That's how bad it was. And that's what my hands smelled like for three days. So that was, that, was, that was a good one Fuji did on me. And, and I'm actually proud to say that I got ribbed by Mr. Fuji. You know, not many people can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, yeah, if you want to know, know about the really good Davy Boy and Owen ribs, which nobody can top, those are going in the books. You're going to have to buy the book. Now, when, what's the time frame as far as that book trying to come out? When, what uh, date have you guys set? Well, it's not going to be for a while. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing it right now. Um, I'm not even halfway through. It's, it's very hard to recall things like from 1990, 1991, 1994. It's very hard to remember all this stuff, so it takes a while. Um, and once you do finish, it actually takes a year before it's released. Um, that's just the processing time with the publishers. So, like, for instance, Animal just finished a book. It's not being released till March of next year. March of next year. Oh, man. Yeah. And he just finished it, and they just did the cover and everything, but it's going to take a year for release. That's just a timeline and have what happens in the book business. So, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not even halfway done with mine right now. So it'll be, it'll be a while. It, hopefully I can get it done within the next couple months and release, you know, maybe summer or fall of next year. 
And when the book is done, we'll definitely have to have you have you back for sure. Before you go, though, um, can you actually uh, do us a little favor? Can you actually drop a little uh, promo for us for our show, the Atomic Drop Show? Yeah, sure. What do you want me to say? Just, you know, just say, hey, this is the original diva, Sunny, and you're listening to the Atomic Drop Show. Something like that. Okay, it's what show? Say it slowly. The, the Atomic Drop Show. The Atomic Drop Show. Okay. Yes. Tell me when you're ready. Let's go. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Sunny, the original diva of the WWE, and you're listening to the Atomic Drop Show. Don't go away. All Thank right. you so much, so much, and I cannot wait to meet you this weekend. It is going down <laughs> uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the LAX, LAX Hilton. You can check out all of the information on that event uh, uh, featuring both cards from – uh, Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. I will see you in person this weekend. I cannot wait. You can, can check out all of the information on that show at WrestleReunion.com and check out everything that's going on with Sonny at TammySitchOnline.com. Sonny, thank you so much for coming on. Or my on. Facebook page. Check out my Facebook page. I put updates on there like 18 times a day. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry about that. And, well, wait, wait, well, well, well. See, I was going to plug the Facebook page, but I sent you a friend request like two weeks ago, and I haven't had it yet. So, okay, you know what you have to do? This is what you got to do, and I'll explain right now to everybody listening, too. There's a okay. 5,000 limit uh, person on your friend list, okay? Right now I'm at okay. 4,200 and I think 90, no, two, I'm sorry, 4,926. So I've only got room for less than 75 more people. So I'm being very selective on my uh, approvals. I seriously get about 300 requests a day. Um, on an average, I can only approve, this is how I'm approving people, people I know, B, or people I've recently met and remind me that I've met them in the message. So when you, when you request me, put a little message, hey, I'm so-and-so from here, we met here, or like you're, for you, you'd say you did my radio show. Or C, if you have your dog in your profile picture, you get approved. Oh. <laughs> Those are my three you know, requirements for approval. If I know you, like, you know, for instance, people I went to high school with, B, if I've recently met you and you remind me of that, or C, if your dog is in your profile picture, you get approved. Because honestly, I, I don't have room. To, I mean, I, like I said, I get 300 you know, requests a day. I've only got rooms for 70 more. So I've got to be very, very selective. So request me again, write a message in there saying, I'm so-and-so, and I'll approve you. Easy as Sounds that. Good. Sounds good. Thank you so, so much, Amy, and I will definitely see you this weekend at the Wrestle Reunion Show. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, and we'll definitely have to do this again. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I'll see you this week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The wow. original diva, Tammy Sitch, joining us for, oh, wow. That was about, uh, goodness, like 45 minutes? Uh, oh wow. That, what, I'm telling you, that really did just flow, fly right by. I really... Hey. Didn't even keep track of the time there. It was a crazy shit. Yes, go ahead. Well, my question is, uh, did you get any sunburn on you? Yeah. Not tonight, but in person, I'm sure uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you know some some uh, some SPF 30 or SPF 40 and you know just, just lather myself all up because I'm getting ready to see old Sunny this weekend at the Wrestle Reunion Fan Fest once again. WrestleReunion.com for all of the information on that. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you are in the L.A. area or if you're nearby in California, Arizona, wherever, if you can get to L.A., 
make sure you make it so you can see the likes of Sonny, Rob Van Dam, Diamond Dallas Page, two cards from Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, two of the hottest promotions in the world right now. It's going to be a crazy weekend. I will be there Friday and Saturday. If you're there, uh, say hi to me. Uh, I'm the guy, probably the only guy there that will look like Urkel. So um, if you see me, go ahead and so, so say hi. Go ahead and most importantly say hi to uh, Sunny. She will be there signing autographs and doing all that. Cannot wait for this Saturday night. We have a couple more callers on the line, so what do you say we take a couple calls, man? Let's do it. All right. Calling from 585 area code. All right. Some more rock shows of people. You are on the air with the Atomic Drop Show. Caller, can you say what your name is and where you're calling from? Am I on the line? You are on the line. Uh, i got to get my phone off the speaker over here. Here we go. It's okay. All right. That was a great time. This is Jimmy Z here. How's it going, Jimmy Z? Jimmy Z, man. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. I looked at the clock. It was 9.45, and I was like... I gotta, I gotta get moving on this. So I guess I, I thought I would have missed the whole, the whole interview, but it looks like no, no, no. that uh, definitely had some good times. Thank, thank you. We are, we're trying to form it out, doing a uh, ninety-minute show tonight to see if uh, the feedback is positive, and if so, then you know we might toy with the idea of uh, expanding the show a little bit, man. But what you got for us tonight? Let's put it this way: if you guys didn't have a ninety minutes tonight, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. That's true too. So, and you got yeah. and, and and who knows who's after me? So it might be a good idea to do that. Um, uh, I just calling to say that I thought uh, TNA was this past Thursday was some of the best wrestling I've seen in in a very very long time. Yes, I was, I was I was breathtaking by the whole thing. Like I literally, I was just like, it was there was just when you when you were when you were impressed. Something else happened that made you more impressed, and then when you were more impressed, you were more impressed and more impressed and more impressed. It just seemed like that it, the show started and ended that way. And I, I, I know I, I gotta say it was a, a good night for wrestling fans. Well, now, now I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. What did you think of the whole rehash of, of the uh, Montreal Screwjob? Uh, that's the only part I didn't understand. I'd like to see where they're going to go with it, just because uh, sometimes Bischoff's known for doing uh, small things and, and then never being seen again. Um, I think it was part two to uh, when they were playing the poker game and they said, who needs a heart and all that kind of stuff. So um, who's, to, who's to see what the next part is, you know? That is definitely, definitely true. So it's finally, uh, you know, it's, I'm glad to see that there's finally a TNA, a TNA fan who actually calls in into our show because Justin doesn't like TNA. Jay doesn't like TNA. All of our other callers well, see, don't really I, like TNA. So. I, you know what? The thing with me is, is that I called up two weeks ago and I said I thought that the debut was weak, you know, and it was mm. weak. And, I, and I, will, I will tell you the one part that was made me happiest, but then for some reason it didn't fulfill its all, was when I saw that AJ Styles had turned with Flair, I was like, this is phenomenal. I really is, and, and exactly, it's phenomenal. But then AJ really it, it, it cannot play that role. That's just my opinion. He he, he cannot play the role? I mean, I, 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 I wasn't... Flair... I, I, 
I wasn't impressed with 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 really with with his commentary. Like what he had to say, his mic his miking on on Thursday. I thought Flair Flair went nuts in the ring for like ten minutes, which is phenomenal, talking about things that didn't even matter, and that was the best part. And um, AJ comes in, and he's trying to do that woo and the woo, and it's just like, dude, don't 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 do that three times in a row. That's not your job, you know. Like, and then just when he was trying to do the whole suit thing, I think he just slowly needs to, he needs to adjust to the role because he really is doing a 180 over here. And yeah, and I think that that is a, a knock on T on uh, TNA critics that TNA does something just because it's written by Vince Russo. Now, granted, I'm not a fan of of, of his booking most times, but you know they don't give an angle enough time to develop. They don't give enough. Uh, you know, time for for the wrestlers to shine in their particular roles. And I think um, AJ Styles is, first off, I think that he's going to re- remain TNA champion for a while and that they're going to keep him with Flair for a, for a little bit. Flair can teach him, you know, some, some stuff, some uh, uh, better mic skills. And I think that uh, this association with the Flair can only help. It's obvious that, that I, AJ I, will op- – Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Well, I think that his association with Flair is phenomenal. I didn't really think TNA would use Flair like this, and this is awesome, you know, because T- Flair has gone in, he's done this thing, and he hasn't even he hasn't said one negative thing about WWE, which is cool, which I don't think he, has, he himself has a reason. So I think, you know, I think this is just enough, another opportunity for him right now, and he's taking it. And I think that uh, Flair did the same thing for, for Triple H. I mean, when they started rolling, I mean, Flair was – talking him up too but the thing about it is Triple H kept his own character where I think this past Thursday AJ Styles was trying to act too much like Ric Flair once again it's a learning process it's a feeling out process I don't think that we're going to see more of of AJ trying to emulate Ric Flair I think uh, it's only, in I, the long I, I, I think it's only going get, to get better, too. But except for that, which we, I don't even know why we spent that much time talking about this one topic, the, the whole show is phenomenal. The whole thing, I was just like, wow, this is awesome. This is really good. And then it made me realize how boring, really, the wrestling product is. I've been saying for a long time it's been boring, but the, uh, watching that on Thursday when it was something new reminded, reminded me of, of, of old. You know what I mean? So uh, what you're saying is that you, you you've just been disenchanted by the just, just the overall wrestling product. Now, are you a fan of what WWE is doing these days too, or is it just specifically TNA ba- based off of what you saw last week? Um, uh, I, WWE, I just I think just needs a, a major makeover. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, I, they can't put on a product like TNA did on Thursday under PG rate. You know, I don't think they can at least. You know, so I think with WWE, uh, McMahon has gone from the top and went bland and came back from the top too. So meets, uh, personally, I think wrestling uh, works on, uh, you know, over time. You know, you got to, just like Saturday Night Live, like you got great cast for a while and then you, you have to start over. And it's just like it seems to me that I think McMahon has the talent and he needs to start over with a new game plan. That is a that is some very sound advice, Jimmy. We gotta move on to the next caller really quick because we're running out of time. And anything Thanks else that you have uh, for us tonight? Thanks for having me. Uh, I didn't really talk too much to Ben, but we'll catch up face to face. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll look forward to talking to you guys again. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Man, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Take care. 
For sure. Jimmy Z joining us. The uh, Jimmy Z. Now he has uh, okay. He has a restaurant, right? Or I mean, out there in Rochester, right? Uh, Brockport. Brockport. You know, it, it, if so many municipalities there and cities, I can't keep up. But Jimmy Z, I'm telling you, when when I uh, finally get up to Brockport or that side of the country, I'll definitely have to check out. Jimmy Z's and meet that guy face to face, man. Maybe he might ask us out a free plate or free garbage plate on us. Wait, is he the man with the illustrious garbage plate? Because you yes, talked to me about this for almost two years now. I've talked to you about this. So Jimmy Z has his. Gar- All right, okay. I don't care what. I, look, I don't care how much it costs, but you, you need to book me on a plane as soon as possible, like tomorrow, to get me out there to your neck of the woods so I can indulge in Jimmy Z's garbage plate. It is by far, if he puts it, a circus in your mouth. A circus in your Wow. Somebody else who probably knows a lot about uh, Jimmy Z's and his gar- garbage plate and his eatery would be a co-host of the, uh, what? The show two weeks ago, former 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 co-host in general, Jay Gorge is joining us on the line. Jay, how's it going tonight? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing fantastic, man. All right. Hey, I want to give you a big kudos on that interview with Tammy. That was a very good interview. I liked it a lot. Um, But. I wanted to ask her on a date, but apparently she has a cop for a, a husband, so I guess that's out of the picture. The bottom line is is at the beginning of the interview, she stated that she has a huge crush on Urkel, which I look like. <laughs> and you're going to see her this weekend. Uh, yes, I'm going to see her this weekend, so I'm going to see her, and we're going to fall in love, and then, uh, you know, yeah. probably, yeah. But that's dream, right? Maybe maybe you guys can play. Uh, what did Urko used to have? What was that? An accordion. You can have an accordion um, battle. <laughs> let's hear, let's hear your, um, I want to hear you say, "Can I, can I do that?" Shut up. Can I do that? Can oh, you wanted. Up. Oh, you want Kyle? Shut up, the both of you. All right. Come I'm on. Come on. No, 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 no. Hey, to. Uh, I met Jimmy Z last week for the first time. I had my first visit ever to Jimmy Z's, which is funny because I went to Brockport uh, College, and um, I had the most amazing chicken bomber of my life. Isn't it delicious? Oh, my God. I told Jimmy when I left, I said, I said that is the best thing I've ever had. What did you think of his restaurant and the inside? Oh, it's great. I think it's cool. I do think, uh, although there's a lot of cool memorabilia in there, I think he needs more wrestling stuff in there. I do which have would make to agree. Cool. The only wrestling thing he has up there is that title it's, belt. That belt, yeah. Uh, and I noticed that. I like that a lot. Maybe get like, uh, I don't know, like in the old mid-90s Undertaker stand-up with the, the purple gloves. Yes. Put that on the yes. ceiling or something. Or a signed autograph poster from Kyle Cruz from Tammy Sitch this weekend. That is something that I might have to do. I, you know what? 
Now I think Jimmy would like that. But anyway. I think, uh, you know what? I think I might have to follow through on that suggestion, man. That's a nice idea. That, I think, I think I that would be a nice little guess. I think that's a bomb idea. Um, I, I might have to do that for, for good old Jimmy Z. Definitely. And to hit on what Ben and you were talking about earlier, the Dooley Hill um, guest host, I don't even know who this guy is. I don't watch any other show on the USA Network other than wrestling unless there's, like, a movie on. And I thought when The Miz said that he Googled Dooley Hill to even find out who he was, I'm, he was absolutely right. I didn't even know who he was till the show started. And and and, no, and to, to go on what your your caller said earlier, DeMarcus or whatever his name was. Guitarist, uh, number one super fan. Yeah. No way was that host better than uh, Napoleon Dynamite. No, not one way. See, now I think a quick thing about Drew Hill though. Drew Hill was actually on the West Wing. Wait, wait, wait! I've wait, never wait. seen that. What is that? Wait, 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 wait! Hold on a second. You said Drew Hill. Drew Drew Hill was a was a R and B group from like the late 1990s. You mean Dooley Hill? Dooley Hill, whoever the hell he is. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to dwell on this too much because I wanted to say a few other things. Um, I don't think that any seeds are being planted as far as Sheamus and Orton or or Ray Mysterio for any type of heel or face turn for either of them. I think this is really just a stopgap pay per view, even though it's part of the Big Four being SummerSlam pay per view or SummerSlam, uh, Survivor Series, Rumble, and Mania. I think it's, this is just a stopgap pay-per-view to keep things fresh for the future for the next pay-per-view for what they really want to have happen. Um, and I think that the, because there's been no build-up to Horton Sheamus is because they don't want the, the, the audience to really remember this feud at all because that's all it will be is a stopgap pay-per-view match. What do you Very guys? true. And like I said earlier, is that, you know, they know that the Rumble match itself will sell the pay-per-view. Well, yeah. And so other than that, like Ben was saying, there is nothing that makes me even want to buy this other than the uh, Rumble. But I'm not putting down $30, $40 for a Royal Rumble. No way. Who is this Ben fellow? Um, I, I, I don't know. know ben. Uh, Kyle, or the... Uh, yeah. I think you guys should use your real names. Um, you guys should just use your real names. Uh, hey, 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 Kyle is my real... No, that's, that's true. Uh, um, what what matches, I mean, and then what... Um, the caller earlier, the Carius? The Carius. I'm totally butchering his name, but anyway, the matches, what he was saying about your hard cells is, he, he likes him because, and he's entitled to his opinion, he likes him because it helps him know which matches are on the card. All you got to do is just go on WWE.com or watch the, watch the product and you'll know. True, but without well, no, 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 wait, wait. Jay, I got to stop you right there because I'm looking at WWE.com right now and two out of the, okay, two out of the five matches I totally – Forgot about me because they didn't hype it. One was Michelle McCool versus Nikki James. Yeah, who cares about Jay. that match? Come on. And, and, wait, 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 wait. And, and, and your third branch top title in 
Christian versus Ezekiel Jackson for the ECW title. Now, granted, nobody cares nobody, about but, that. But but still, they don't hype it though. I mean, look, it's ECW. The title is going in the garbage can in the next few months anyway. Well, it was already in the garbage can since uh, WWE really. Yeah. Lost it. I'm looking forward to the Miz's match. Now that's going to be good. The Miz doesn't have a match at the Royal Rumble. He Maybe he's in the Rumble. I love seeing guys who are in matches, exhibition, or, you know, title matches at the Rumble also in the Rumble because, I mean, that's a good way of just, I don't know, just getting your guys, I mean, they need 30 guys, but I, I always liked seeing guys in the Rumble who also had a match that night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, they used to do that. I don't really know why they don't do that now. I used to to like how they they had exhibition matches with, with guys who would also appear in the Rumble themselves. Yeah. It made the Rumble seem that much more important because, you know, even though they, they fought earlier in the night, it's it's worth it to them to wrestle twice in order to get that shot at WrestleMania. Jay, we got to wrap up in just a little bit, but just hands down. I, can I give I you, can this. I say one thing? Go ahead. My favorite Royal Rumble moment and yes. who I'm who I'm predicting for this weekend to win it. I'm predicting Shawn Michaels to win it. And okay. my favorite Royal Rumble moment of all time, even though it, it was not in the favor of who I wanted to win, was Yoko's Universe Undertaker Casket Match 1993. That was a good match. So I'll see you guys later, though. All right, Jay. Thanks a lot, Jay. Bye-bye. Oh, Jay Gorgeous on the line joining us for a little bit. As we are winding things down, we're uh, just over five minutes left to go in this show. Let's run down the card. Just uh, Before you ahead, even buddy. do that, before yeah. you even do that, okay. uh, there was something you wanted to say about a uh, rival podcast. Um, yeah, all right, here's the thing, I, I won't put out the entire story because, quite frankly, I don't really want to start some some kind of war with another show, uh, basically, we've been hyping, um, Tammy Sitch, Sonny, for the past week, we've done it ever since, uh, last week's last show, Tuesday. last Tuesday, I've personally known about it, uh, for the past two weeks now. And we've hyped it, and we've gotten quite a bit of buzz about it. We've gotten the largest amount of feedback that we've gotten uh, for any other guest in our um, in our year and a half history. Yet, on Sunday night, another show, I will not name the show because they're not even worth mentioning, but another show quietly announced that making her – show debut would be Tammy Sitch. Now, they they announced this so quietly, just kind of at at the last moment. They, they already had another guest li- lined up who might not be uh, top-notch. the most top-notch re- you know, guest to wrestling fans. They just, they just re- restaurant didn't really do her justice. It was just like... Uh, Part and church, she just she just came out of nowhere. Exactly, came out of nowhere, and they really didn't hyper her, her appearance like like they should have. I I think, even though I'm gonna liken this to, you know, 
a wrestling product, but we hyped her appearance better, and I and I really do think that we we got a better, longer, um, and a more insightful interview with Tammy Sitch tonight than that show that aired last night. I will leave it to you fans to guess who we're talking about, but I really do think that um, it's unfair what they did because they are on our radar, or we are on their radar beat, because they, they know what we they, we were friends on, friends with them on Facebook. The uh, the major host and the uh, um, the executive producer of said show was my friend on Facebook personally. I looked yesterday; he wasn't my friend anymore. Um, this show, this other show, books amazing guests all the time, every single week. We're doing what we, we can to, to give you fans guests that we think will give you insightful information about the business and people who we like and people that you, you would like to. What they did was a bitch move. They're pricks. No, I'm sorry about this. This one guy who booked Tammy last night was a prick. He is a jackass, and I cannot stand what he did. And I swear, if he does it again, I'm going to come after him. And that is not coming after you. Hey, now that is not a physical threat, but I will. I, I don't care how lame this sounds, but I will go after this show and I will go after him. And you never know. We we might have a have another uh, war that is not in the way of WWE and TNA because this um, it, what happened was very unacceptable. For more on that. Uh, you know, you can check our Facebook page. Um, just ask me about it. Ask um, my co-host about it. Um, by the way, by the way, we have to uh, get a couple of plugs out of the way now. We are, uh, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com. You can search the Atomic Job Show, and we will pop right up. We have like 170 fans of the show, which is pretty good, but we're always looking for more. We are uh, still on MySpace, MySpace.com, slash Atomic Job Show, YouTube.com, YouTube.com, slash Atomic Job Show. Wow, I feel like this, like this host who plugs everything all at one time, and it seems like overkill. But I will continue. Um, we are also now on Twitter, Twitter.com, slash Can't Break Steel for myself, for my good old co-host on the other line, Twitter.com, slash Triple H14468, the Royal Rumble. Um, we are less than 40 seconds, man. I need your, your pick. Who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble this Sunday night? Well, I'm going to be going out on the limb, and I'm going to say it's the return of the boogeyman. Nah, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm going to actually go out and say I could see uh, Hunter coming out victorious. You, you know what? That is my pick as well. I'm picking Hunter to win the whole thing this Sunday night at the Royal Rumble. Um, plus... Look for Edge to make his return during the Rumble as well and cost Chris Jericho a shot at the title as well. That's my guess at a surprise pick. Plus, we cannot forget, next week we have Howard Brody, former NWA promoter and author of the book Swimming with Piranhas, Surviving the Possibility of Pro Wrestling. He will be on next week. For Justin Time, I'm Kyle Cruz. Good night, everybody. See you.